And joining us this evening in the studio, we've got uh, Ntabi Singh, uh, Mojaji Ntabi Singh. Good evening and welcome to you. Hi, Tammy. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you. Now, Ntabi Singh is a writer, a copy editor, youth activist, and an agent of change. <laughs> yes, that's what she calls herself. An a- come on now. Come on. <laughs> agent of change, girl. And uh, she is also a Rhodes University graduate and co-founder of Breaking Down Borders Africa Initiative. And we're going to ask you a little bit more about that initiative as the, the, the evening progresses. And also in the studio, we've got Lisejo uh, Mosikare, who is president of United Nations Foundation Girl Up Club South Africa. Hello. Yay. Hello. Hi. We have got serious achievers in this house. <laughs> serious achievers. And, and also she's um, with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, a goalkeeper for sustainable goal number five, which is equality. And she's also a youth researcher at Oxfam the, for the SADC region. So welcome to, to both of you. And also our third guest uh, joins us on the line all the way from, uh, from Botswana. And she is Lorato Modongho. Good evening, Lorato. Hello, Tammy. Uh, welcome. Um, look, you're with us in, in spirit. We, we're feeling you. The other girls are here. The other ladies are here. Now, Lorato is a 2014 Mandela Rhodes Scholar and a 2015 Mandela Washington Fellow under President Barack Obama's flagship Young African Leaders Initiative for Civic Engagement. Um, now, activism, she works in activism on education, youth development, young woman leadership and research on gender-based violence. Um, now, all of you ladies are super accomplished, but perhaps let me start with you and Tabi Singh as we focus on the Breaking Down Borders Africa initiative. Yes. What exactly is that and how did it come about? Great. So the Breaking Down Borders Africa initiative is a youth-led pan-African organization that was founded with the aim of creating a platform where young people can engage, collaborate and network. So we've been around since 2016. We started with the Breaking Down Borders Africa Youth um, Africa tour that toured 10 African countries where we collaborated with young organizations. And that was actually the catalyst for the Breaking Down Borders Youth Summit, because as we're meeting young people, we're, in, we're realizing some of the issues that we're picking up in certain regions were similar. And we're also meeting people who are like, we would find someone in Tanzania and would be like, oh, it would be great if we could connect this person to someone from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And from that, we we decided to found the the summit which we've been running since 2017 and we've hosted more than 300 delegates from 18 african countries and how do you manage to put something like that together because uh, logistically it sounds like quite oh, a, a tall it, order it's a mission just the tour alone and the summit i think the visa situation alone which is something that we are advocating for against in in through the breaking down borders initiative just getting some just getting i remember when we were going to senegal our visas were rejected like three times so and also getting delegates into south africa for the the conference i mean in the past week we've had so many delegates who have had to um kind of take back their application because they're like they can't get their visas in time so just the logistics of putting it together it is a mission but i mean we we're dedicated to what we want to do and so we'll continue so you thought that uh, breaking down borders was really about breaking down cultural borders, language borders, and those type of barriers. But you're actually finding yourselves now even talking about the logistics of visas, yes. just really, really practical yeah. things. So it goes to all levels. All levels. Mm. Now, uh, to you, Lissekho, we've just commemorated 25 years of democracy um, in South Africa. If, if you look at South Africa today, 
What does it mean for young people? I think what the 25 years of democracy means for young people right now as we stand in 2019 is an opportunity. It means that right now there's a foot in the door, first and foremost, because we do have democracy and we do have a certain amount of social freedom. But at the same time, I think that for young people, this 25 years and the journey of being in a democratic state for 25 years and being at the ages that we are, most millennials are entering their 30s. Um, in fact, most millennials are in their 30s. Most of Gen Z is entering its 30s soon. So it's just really, really now about disrupting and saying, really, there's so much to reclaim, for instance. And that's why that's such an important theme for young people, because so much has been attempted to be done, so much of an opportunity in just 25 years. Um, But we really still feel um, isolated, left out of information, left out of opportunities, um, sidelined, in summary, um, unless we're really creating our own movements and even with movements that are there to support us it's very very hard because they're not a hundred percent transparent they're not a hundred percent organic and um genuine um or even sensitized and 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 let me let me pose this to you um lorato uh has just spoken about organizations or spaces that are not authentic that don't represent the youth voice um, you also uh, spoke about breaking down those type of borders. For you, Lorato, how can this be achieved and what type of structures um, are young people putting together in order to make sure that their own aspirations are being realized? Perhaps not the aspirations of a previous generation and not the aspirations of like you know the, the current elders, so to speak, mm. but for young people because the future really is yours. It belongs to you. Are those structures existent? Um, there really is uh, like an immense opportunity for, you know, the contribution of young people to maximize across the continent, you know, and breaking down borders as a platform is actually trying to leverage that and um, bring about that development, that change, you know. Um, and I think it is actually right that some of these structures are not as authentic because you find that there's lack of inclusivity and there's no intersectionality and there's, you know, the, the saying, leaving no one behind. A lot of these structures, you find that um, a lot of other isms are rooted in them. For example, you find that these classicism opportunities are veiled to certain people, in sexism um, opportunities are veiled to certain people, and um, it really then provides, it, rather, it really then gives a very difficult um, task for young people to actually maximize how mm. they can. Let, let, me, let me do uh, this, Lorata. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off right now because the line is very bad. We are going to try you on a different line and hopefully we'll have a, a better connection. But let me ask you, Ntabi Singh, mm. if you could just pick up on, on that very same question um, about structures being existent, obviously apart from your own. And having traveled the continent, yes. do you find that other young people in other parts of the continent are as vigilant, um, are activists, are as hungry for change oh, and, and 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 but but also bold enough to use their voices because mm. you can be hungry for change but not bold, bold enough to have the courage to make that change. 
Sure. So I think when we're traveling across the continent, what we found is that a lot of young people aren't even waiting for the platforms to be there. They're rising up. They're not waiting for a seat at the table. They're creating their own platforms where they can engage and empower themselves and platforms that promote their participation. I think you've seen in Nigeria with the Not Too Young to Run campaign where they were giving the president ultimatums. They were like, you have eight, day to, eight days to change mm. the legislature. And because in Nigeria, you had to be over the age of 40 to, to run to be president. And they were like, we're not going to have it. So that campaign has gone global. They're like, we'll be grandparents by then. Exactly. And I think by, um, my co-founder and I were talking about how we have this uh, saying that where we say, oh, the future is young, like young people are the future. And we're like, no, young people are now. Are the present. Right now. Because if you're saying we are the future, then we re- we're repeating the same cycle. We're going to be 40 when we're leading. Let, let me ask you this question, and I'll pose this question to you as well, Lesejo. What is the ideal scenario and ideal Africa that you envisage? Because the truth is you have to be working towards something, right? Mm. There's got to be a goal. There are certain structures that you say, okay, if I had it my way, this is what I would change. Mm. This is what I would do differently. Mm. How does a youth generation run now look like? Uh, Africa I envision is an Africa that is united, an Africa without borders, an Africa that is inclusive. Um, it is an Africa where, where, it, where that's fair and equal, you know, where people aren't um, excluded or there's no lack of participation and representation, where there is like where human rights are, are being upheld, mm. you know. So that's the that's the Africa I envision. And you? For me, honestly, and a bit more realistically speaking for myself, um, I would definitely say economic systems developing. And I think that's where the youth are going to come in. I think that's where Mm. the word pioneer comes from. That's where Mm. the word innovation comes from. And I think right now the youth of today with our obsession with African culture and our new ups- we see it with the hair dynamic that's happening True. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, epidemic, sorry, not dynamic. Well, um, and really, really, it is a dynamic epidemic. It's, it's yes. both. It actually. Is. It's very dynamic. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's happening with that is we see Africans taking their pride back slowly in different sectors of life, mm-hmm. if we could even call them sectors. And what's going to happen is that the same thing that's happening with our hair and how, as a, as a, as a South African girl, I can do a Kenyan hairstyle and know the history of it and do a, a Tanzanian hairstyle and find out the history and share it because of social media, for instance industries agriculture our land that is the future of africa that is the future because that is where opportunities will brew for even this issue that we're having of job opportunity that's where the solution is in our land the solution for poverty sorry is also there because that gives dignity um at the end of the day income is dignity industry creates that in, um, an environment for that income to be there. Let me pose this to you. We're speaking about um, a borderless Africa. Yes. And then you also, um, Lisejo, mentioned uh, job opportunities, etc. How practical would it be to have a borderless continent mm. when there are issues like job security, 
to 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 take in, into account in the sense that you look at each country each country has got its own problems it's got its own people and its own problems mm-hmm. and has to ensure that the economy their own economy thrives um, and instead of always allowing for others to to be coming in and benefiting from a system that is perhaps not even strong in itself how do you suppose this can be circumvented where there is a borderless society but that there's no deprivation as far as uh, economic opportunities are concerned. I think um, the African Union is actually trying to achieve that right now through the free trade and free movement protocols and treaties that are recently being signed. I think what's going to happen is that if we have a single market and a single trade region Mm. where we have one currency, for example, what ha- what they have in Europe, where everything is integrated, we have proper like real regional integration. I think then it will be possible because if there is trading that is um, free across board, and the opportunities to trade am- amongst the different communities isn't un- un- um, unfair then it's easier for us to be able to create a space where we are there is freedom of movement but at the same time it doesn't jeopardize certain countries economic it actually benefits the whole continent and the respective countries mm. and how have you found um Lesejo, the issue of patriarchy on the continent because it, it is still very much a male dominated um, and very patriarchal system so the issue of patriarchy it's all it's almost as though the minute that you find out about it, everything just gets worse and worse and worse. Because the biggest place where we're facing the patriarchy dilemma, I know there's huge conversations about the economic um, environment and how there's so much um, gender-based violence, which is a result of patriarchy, obviously. But Patriarchy also plays a very, very big role socially um, and in how decisions are being made. Right now in the USA, with the abortion laws, Mm -hmm. finding out that men are making decisions on behalf of women, um, it's just absolutely, I think, disgusting, um, to say the least. But also the role that patriarchy plays in all of this is it also, to a certain extent, not just leaves out agenda it also misinforms it um there's such an injustice to having females being a part of a society but having them deprived confidence having them deprived freedom having them deprived dignity um and only to be able to be inferior and to make another gender superior so i feel like the implications that patriarchy has on these type of issues are definitely very high at the top because when we're trying to advocate when we're trying to lobby those essentially are the decision makers men um, and not a lot of female faces are in position especially black female faces I want us to talk um, I see time is not on our side but before we leave technology is the buzzword yes. at, at the moment. The fourth industrial revolution. The fourth revolution. industrial revolution. Mm-hmm. That, that's the buzzword. Actually, Ayabangakawa is in India right now. We were chatting to him mm. earlier on and they're doing a, a beautiful case study of how media and technology can merge, you know, um, and, and how it can be used to, to move us further wow. forward. But from your experience, are Africans, young Africans, using technology uh, not only to stay in touch with mm-hmm. each other, 
but for for business and and for commerce for sure i think we've seen it in kenya with mpesa where people young people created their own money like money transfer system from their phones they've completely eliminated the banks so it's it's you can see that young people on the continent are finding new solutions for the current challenges that we have Um, i think the fourth industrial revolution is going to revolution it's going to be revolutionary also on our continent because young young africans are dynamic we are innovators, we're trailblazers. So I think there's going to be so much that can that's going to come out of our continent. And I think um, just one of the topics we're going to be discussing in the summit is going to be jobs of the future, where we look at some of the innovations that are coming out of the continent that are created by young people. Tell us more about, about the summit. Yes. I mean, it, it does take place uh, but from Thursday and Friday, yes, those two days. Friday, yes. Give us a bit of details. Where, how, who, when, what? So it is at um, Saibono Discovery Center in Johannesburg. We're conferencing. So we have uh, a plenary. We have multiple plenary discussions. We have networking opportunities. We have um, what's this breakaway session. So some of the topics we're going to be discussing are protecting the girl child from social and cultural practices, um, regional integration and access to new markets. We have a discussion on Rainbow Africa, which is a discussion around LBG. LGBTQI rights in the African continent. So we have a range of um, um, topics, so economic, social, and political. And and how does one get to attend? So are registrations still open? Yes. Registrations are still open on www.breakingdownborders.com B-O-R-D-E-R-S um, and you can also follow BDB on social media at um, BDB underscore Africa Mm-hmm. Um, and also use our hashtags, hashtag BDB Africa, hashtag Breaking Down Borders as well. Africa, yeah. yeah, And it's open to anybody. It's open it's to, to anybody. anybody. The application process is really, really smooth. Mm-hmm. I've had about two out of 30 people that I know who applied that had a problem with the process but it was just from mistakes so it should be less than 10 minute process so come on young south africans and africans that are on the continent that are listening right now that's perhaps a a place to be a thought uh, thought leaders a think tank that's what i'd call it thursday and friday here in johannesburg breaking down borders Africa Youth Summit. You'll find them uh, on social media as well. Thank you so much to Ntabisei Mojaji and Lesejo uh, Mosekare for joining us. Unfortunately, we couldn't continue our conversation with Lorato. We had a really, really bad line. Mm. But all the best for the summit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you they so can much. actually catch the summit live on social media. Are we going to be live on social media? Yes, we're be live streaming. on social media. So if you're in the rest of Africa and you were not able to Attend. make it through, yeah. um, please, guys, catch it all on social media. So important. If you were not streaming, I'd be like, what? Our own technology buffs not streaming. (laughs) Well, that brings us to the end of our time together this evening. This has been Metro FM Talk with myself, Tamingo Beni, sitting in for Ayabonga Tawe.